Father, we come before you. That our hearts may be right before you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for this gathering in your name. That our lives may be transformed into your very image. We bless you, Jesus. We give glory to your Father, to our Father in heaven. May our lives bring honor to his name. We thank you for what you are doing in your body and that you will return for a bride without spot and blemish. Thank you for continuing the work that you do in, within us, that what you began you will complete. We put our full trust and our hope in you, Lord. We bless you. We love you. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Thank you. How are we all today? Uh, can, can we just put it up a little bit more? How are we all doing today? Good? Thank you, Jesus. like the photo that I chose from from Google regarding bitterness can we have a um, <laughs> sorry can we just have a can we just have a photo of it please can we see the real photo um, we remember uh, what we shared thanks bro Just a quick one also before I start. Thank you for all the people who come and set up two hours before, or maybe three hours before. They make this all possible. Um, for all the ones behind the scenes that open and close, the worship team, everyone who comes and helps, we appreciate it. I may not say it every week, but we appreciate it, thank God. And we are a team, amen? So just a round of applause for all them. Thank you, Jesus. Now, uh, how many people uh, got something from last week regarding the... Does anyone remember what was preached last week? Everyone, everyone will go quiet now. <laughs> so, sin. Singular, which means... Evil nature, good. And sins, plural, what does that mean? The result of your evil nature. 
So I shared that dream. Everyone was here last week. Hands up who wasn't here. I'm not going to pick on you. So I had a dream many years ago that led me into this teaching. Okay? So the dream that I had, I like to share my experience, the good and the bad. Because sometimes people look and they see we have it all together. Uh, but God is the one who keeps us together. As long as you're cooperating with Him, He's the one that holds all the pieces together. But I was fasting many years ago. And <clears throat> I came to a, tr uh, a tree that was um, producing fruit. And someone who was evil in that dream gave me that fruit to eat it. And I ate it. And the moment I woke up, the Holy Spirit said to me that you're trying to deal with the fruit where I'm trying to deal with the root. And he said that this, what, I'm, what I'm trying to deal with, you're still eating from that tree. So that, imagine hearing that. I would rather hear that than the Lord not speaking to me. So he shared with me that I'm trying to deal with the fruit of sin, the result of the evil nature, rather than the evil nature itself which is planted in my heart. And you know bitterness is a sin, right? The same way we see the other sins, bitterness is a major sin. You know why? Because it's actually a root. It's a root that produces many trees. Now the way that I'm going to go this week is a bit different. But I shared about the four trees. Does anyone remember them? The four roots. That sin in general is covered by. Number one, sin of bitterness. The, oh, sorry, the root of bitterness. Number two, the root of the love of money. Number three, the root of good. Number four, root of unbelief. So these are the four major roots that holds all sin together. So what does this show us? It gives us a clear picture of what we're actually dealing with. Now some, most people come to me last week and they said, I have all four trees. And it's okay. This is how we have to be honest. And to be honest, we all started like this. Some people still have those trees. Some people are beginning to start to pull them out. But just think about a weed. I have my whole driveway and my whole backyard's concrete. So I don't have too many weeds. But I know that they grow in any type of vegetation. And when you're dealing with them, you have to deal with them from the root. Christianity today, they're trying to deal with the fruit. If I like to say it deeper than that, we are struggling to see the root of the problem. In, in, if, I can put my, if I can say something that I've struggled with since I started with the Lord, is believers aren't deep with the Lord and fellowshipping with the Lord to see those actual roots. They haven't dived deep with the Lord to actually see them. Because the presence of the Lord exposes that. The presence. 
The Bible says, in his presence he makes known the path of life. He makes known in his presence. So today you're going to see something a bit different. And I felt like I have to stay here in bitterness because it's, it's pretty deep. Uh, so many people, the Holy Spirit will speak to you. Uh, take your time slowly. Okay? It's not something you renounce, it's something that you have to uh, get healed and transformed by the Lord. So, thank you for coming. So let's dig into it. Let's go to Exodus chapter 1, verse 13 to 14. Has anyone ever wondered where bitterness was actually produced? Where did bitterness stem from? How did it actually begin? The Holy Spirit wants me to start there. Have you ever thought where bitterness actually started? And can I say something? In our culture, it's massive. And, and can I tell you something? It's a root, right? So it's contagious to get passed on from generation to generation to generation. That's the, that's the most devastating thing that I've actually seen. Bitterness. And it's interesting how the Holy Spirit allowed me to structure this message. And you start to see Satan in this here. Very interesting. How Satan is well, uh, well equipped around the bitterness. To keep you there. So here in this scripture... It shows us where bitterness stemmed from or how was it produced. So a lot of someone may say, you're a bitter person or you have characteristics of bitterness. I'm going to show you how it comes. And it's interesting, it came from no other place but Egypt. So can I have that scripture please, the New Living Translations. Now this is interesting here. Now we can see some, we can start to see um, how bitterness can remain in a person's life. You start to see how bitterness can remain in a Christian's life. I'm going to share it. And it's interesting why I chose the New Living Translations because it, it probably puts its finger on something that is so important. With unbelief, with, with the root of unbelief, the root of hypocrisy, the root of the love of money, the Holy Spirit deals differently with each one of them. Now with bitterness, with bitterness, the Holy Spirit deals differently with that. And I just gave you the answer up here. Now bitterness is something that you need to receive mercy for. It's something that you need to receive forgiveness from. So look at this here. So the Egyptians worked the people of Israel without mercy. So you can begin to see people who are struggling in life today, Christians, they are destitute of God's mercy. And it makes sense. If they're destitute of God's mercy, they can't receive it to get healed from their bitterness, neither can they give it out. And it, it, it's, like a, it's, like a, it's like a weapon of the enemy that destroys everything in its path. We understand that, right? 
So if you haven't received mercy for the Lord regarding bitterness, then unfortunately you will function in bitterness and you'll destroy everything in your path. Now I'm going to go deeper. Just pay attention, please. So the Egyptians worked the people of Israel without mercy. They made their lives bitter, forcing them to mix mortar and make bricks and do all the works in the fields. They were ruthless in all their demands. Now, can I share something with you here? We have to read everything spiritually. When you make cement, it's symbolic of the hardness of heart. Can, can we agree? So, this is a picture that no one gets hard overnight. It just doesn't happen quick. Your heart, your heart becomes hard. Naturally, bitterness slowly, slowly, slowly uh, starts to make your heart hard. So here you can see the entry point of bitterness. They made their lives bitter. The Bible says bitter in bondage in the other translation. But they made their lives bitter, forcing them to mix mortar and make bricks and do all the works in the fields. They were ruthless in all their demands. Now it's interesting here. What can, I, what can we learn from here? That a person who has a slave mentality, a person who has a slave mentality, and a person who has a victim mentality, it's birthed by bitterness. So let's, please, you have to get this. A person who has a slave mentality, they're in bondage, they're in chains. A person who has a victim mentality, where it's always about what they feel, the pain, their suffering, their struggles, it's rooted from bitterness. Now, my greatest struggle to this day is exposing it in people's hearts. They are so good at hiding it. They are so good at hiding it. From cover to cover, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, they are striking that bitterness. Because it hides and it's a root. Remember, it produces many fruits. But I'm going to lift the carpet today. So bitterness produces harsh mentality. A harsh mentality. A hard mentality. A hard heart. A harsh heart. Where everything's hard in life. Just pay attention and reflect upon your life. Now, I'd like to go stay on that scripture. If we can go to the New King James Version. If we can get that. If you can't, then I'll just preach it from here. I want to show you something here. It says here, so the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with rigor. Now I want to show you what that word means. To show you what Satan does. Because Pharaoh is a picture of who? Satan, right? If we're reading it spiritually, Pharaoh is Satan. He's a picture of Satan. Egypt is a picture of what? The kingdom of darkness. Egypt is where bondage is produced. Okay, we can understand? So, Pharaoh is a picture of Satan, unfortunately. And Egypt is a picture of the kingdom of darkness at work. Okay? Yes, were with me or...? Now, 
the word, the word ruthless actually means rigor. Now, I want you to pay attention to this because it's a strategic planned attack of the devil. One of his greatest weapons that is destroying believers today is bitterness. So look at this here. The word ruthless actually means rigor. The strongs, whoever is following, is 6531. Ready? The word rigor means the quality of being extremely thorough and carefully and careful attention to detail. So what, what Satan, a spiritual picture, what Satan was doing, he was strategically trying to destroy them. Let me keep going. You have to see this. The word rigor means the quality of being extremely thorough and careful attention to detail. With such accuracy and strictness did the, did the Egyptians make the life of the Israelites bitter with hard labor which produced bondage in their life. So rigor means so strict. He had an order, Satan had an order throughout the kingdom of darkness to strictly keep you bound in this area. Because if he can keep you bound in this area, everything else will be unfruitful. We understand that. How many people are suffering from bitterness today is way beyond how I think. It's in every struggle and situation in people's lives. Now look at this here. The Egyptians worked the people of Israel without mercy. They made their lives bitter, forcing them to mix mortar and make bricks and do all the works in the fields. They were ruthless in all their demands. It's deeper than that. Here it says the word rigor, with such accuracy and strictness, and thorough, careful attention to detail to actually destroy them. Now, look, at, look what it says here. That word rigor in the Esau, strongs, means to fracture you. Bitterness is caused to fracture you. Bitterness is, is or the word rigor, sorry, the word rigor means to fracture you, to show and produce cruelty, cruelty within you. Because when you're bitter, you become cruel. And look at this here. The word rigor means to break you apart. Isn't it interesting that one of the greatest weapons of Satan is bitterness, which breaks you apart. Now, let's go into some sensitive things. You're going to be blown away today because today I'm going to preach like a doctor. Jesus is a doctor. But today I'm going to show you some physical sicknesses that are connected to bitterness. Yeah. Now, I'm, I don't want to speak about all of them, but I'm going to give you the main ones that I chose. The entry points of bitterness may have come from childhood trauma, child neglect, or being abandoned. Just a few ones here. But for the people who are still holding on to it, you have no excuse anymore. 
for the people that are crying behind this all their life and haven't done nothing about it, you have no excuse anymore because Jesus is here now. So I don't promote someone to actually still hold on to it while Christ is evident in their life to take that away and heal it. That's a victim mentality. A slave mentality is that you're a slave to the traumas of your life. That's produced bitterness. So the entry points of bitterness may have come from childhood trauma, child neglect or being abandoned, a hard upbringing, a harsh upbringing, and painful and traumatic events in your life. These are the ones that I think I want to speak about. I wrote last week, bitterness is unresolved, unforgiven anger and resentment. It is the result of anger changing from an experience to a belief system. Now we go to Psalms 34, 18 to 20. I want to show you what bitterness produces. And I want to show you the connection here through Psalms and Lamentation. I'm going to take my time here, so please bear with me. This is to show you bitterness. So here, it says here, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Now it shows you what bitterness actually does. It produces a broken heart and a crushing now, isn't it interesting that in another scripture it says that sickness can be endured but a broken spirit no one can bear. He's talking about bitterness. Bitterness has to be healed and forgiven from. Because it's a magnet for every sickness to stick on you. Imagine you, imagine you have a bitter heart. This is Christianity today. Why we don't see healings through the Holy Spirit is because we don't have discernment to see what's behind that sickness. We have to be trained in the Holy Spirit to understand this. Lord Jesus healed that sickness. But bitterness is a magnet for sicknesses to come all over the body. And if you don't recognize that the sickness is not the issue, bitterness is the issue that produces and gives birth and gives way to all the sicknesses, we have deceived ourselves. Because isn't it interesting that when you're crushed and when you have a broken heart, everything inside of you starts to decay. And I'm going to give some testimonies, some interesting testimonies regarding bitterness out in the field, what I have seen. So here it says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in the spirit. But isn't the Lord close to everyone? Isn't it interesting why he shows this scripture? He shows you that if the Lord doesn't deal with these things, the enemy is not far behind. He's not far behind. Now, can we go to the next scripture? I want you to see this scripture and this analogy. It says, The righteous may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers them from them all. Next one, please. He protects all their bones. Not one of them will be broken. Now, is he talking about a physical bone or is he talking about your spiritual posture? Any, everything in the Bible is spiritual. 
the majority of it's all spiritual. He's talking about your spiritual posture here. So here we see that the righteous, when the Lord is close, he can keep your spiritual frame together. Now we go to Lamentation. Now this is the interesting one. Lamentation chapter 3, verse 1 to 23. Now this is the long scripture, but I have to read it because... I have to show you the build-up of bitterness. Are we ready, someone? Now, you must get something from this. Because bitterness has taken a toll of nearly every believer. So look at this here, what bitterness has produced in a believer's life. Look what it says here. It says, I am the one who has seen the afflictions that come from the rod of the Lord's anger. Now, that's not true. The Lord doesn't give affliction. He doesn't give bitterness to anyone. That's something that's produced from, from Egypt, like I just said. Now, other places in the scriptures, people have blamed God for it, which is a very big mistake. He only has plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope in the future. We know this. But I just want to show you how bitterness responds when it doesn't see it in the heart, unfortunately God is the reason why they're in that situation. But I don't want to go there. So look at the first thing what it produces. I'm the one who has seen the afflictions that come from the rod of the Lord's anger. He has led me into darkness. Affliction now, we're speaking about darkness. Shutting out all the light. I'm showing you what bitterness does. Pay attention please. Next one. He has turned his hand against me again and again all day long. There's no rest. So number one, affliction. Number two, what was it? Darkness. Number three, no rest. We haven't even got to the meat of it. He has made my skin and flesh grow old. He has broken my bones. But on the other scripture, it says that his bones are held together. Now his bones are getting broken now. So he's showing you here that your body begins to quickly decay and your health starts to get out of order. He has broken my bones. He has besieged and surrounded me with anguish and distress. Look at the pattern of bitterness. Keep going. He has buried me in a dark place like, like those long dead. He has, walked me, he has walled me in and I cannot escape. He has bound me in heavy chains. Next. And though I cry and shout, he has shut out my prayers. Next. He has blocked my way with a high stone wall. Hardness of heart. He has made my road crooked. He has hidden, he has hidden like a bear or a lion waiting to attack me. Now what did King David kill? What did he kill? A bear and a lion. Symbolic of the tactics of the devil. He killed them both in the wilderness. Pay attention. There's a treasure there, but I'll just throw it out to you. Keep you alive a little bit. He has hidden, he has hidden like a bear or a lion waiting to attack me. What does Satan do? He waits at a vulnerable time to produce 
uh, bondage, anguish, and hardship in your life so you can inherit a bitter heart. Because Satan strikes when? At an opportune time. When? Opportune time. When things are hard. Mostly in the wilderness. King David killed the bear and the lion. He has dragged me off the path and torn me in pieces, leaving me helpless and devastated. He has drawn his bow and made me the target of his arrows. Read Proverbs. It talks about the arrow. But you search it, please. He has shot his arrow deep into my heart. My own people laugh at me all day long. They sing the mocking songs. He has filled me with bitterness and given me a bitter cup of sorrow to drink. So what was the issue of all that issue? He diagnosed himself with a bitter heart thinking it's from the Lord. He has filled me with bitterness and given me a bitter cup of sorrow to drink. He has made me chew on gravel. He has rolled me in the dust. Peace has been stripped away and I have forgotten what prosperity is. Now isn't that interesting? You look at all the patterns. Bitterness can never accept from the Lord prosperity and peace. Because it's an internal issue that the Lord has to heal and forgive. Imagine you have a bitter heart, God forbid. Imagine there's bitterness or traces of bitterness in your heart. And you're saying, Lord, I want to see the blessings. And you deep down, you think that the reason why you're not happy is because there's no blessings in your life. You're deceived. If you don't look deeper than that and see that you have a bitter heart that's restricting you from getting blessed, you'll forever chase your tail. If, yours, if you think your happiness is based on what God can give you, that's how bitterness shows itself as a deception. I'll be happy. No, no, no. I'll be happy when these things come upon my life. No, you have a bitterness heart that you will never be happy. That's the issue with bitterness. It hides behind something that it needs, rather something that it needs to be healed from. I wrestled so much to understand this. You will never be happy until you get healed and forgiven by the Lord regarding bitterness. But you know the biggest problem? People don't think that they have bitterness. They can't actually see it. They think they're, they're not happy, they're not pleasant in life, they're not prospering, is because they haven't received it from the Lord. Bitterness rejects all the blessings. Bitterness rejects all the peace. You have to see this. Do you see why I tell you to come every Wednesday? Because God will speak to you. I can't sit with 50 people every week and tell them bitterness, unbelief, Holy Spirit addresses you. And that's humbly saying. He addresses the real reason why you're not moving forward. And bitterness, I can't tell you, when you read Exodus, when you read Lamentation, when you read the book of Proverbs, they're all hidden in there what bitterness actually does to a believer. 
Now peace has been stripped away and I have forgotten what prosperity is. I cry out, my splendor is gone. Everything I had hoped for from the Lord is lost. Now you see bitterness's opponent now. What's the opponent of bitterness? Hope. Isn't it interesting that in the same context here we say that hope never puts us, um, his mercies are new every morning. That's the scripture here that I'm reading. It's regarding how to deal with bitterness. Because bitterness tells you that you're trapped. Hope tells you that God can begin to get you out. He needs to minister to you through this. So isn't it interesting that we pick a bottom scripture? I've done this many times. We pick a bottom scripture. His mercies are new every morning. He's talking to you how to counterfeit bitterness. Hope is the enemy of bitterness. Now look what it says here. I cry out, my splendor is gone. Everything I had hoped for from the Lord is lost. Next. The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. Now, isn't it interesting that a slave mentality produces homelessness in your heart where you're going to suffer all the days of your life. You may not be living on the streets, but you're living in your house and you have a homeless mentality. Can anyone see this? Homeless mentality doesn't only mean to, for you to have a lack of no money, no food, no clothing. It means everything in life is going to be hard for you. Can someone see this? And someone would say on their knees, Lord, bless me, I want my situation to change. Bitterness is the gate that blocks all the blessings. The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. Next, please. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. Now, isn't it interesting? Now he's talking about the solution out of your bitterness. The faithful love of the Lord never ends, His mercies never cease. Now, isn't it interesting that when you're dealing with bitterness, you must get hold of God's love and mercy that transforms the bitter heart. That's your solution. The remedy, your medicine, is the love of God and the mercy of the Lord. Why? What does mercy say? That you're forgiven from that heart that you carried. We understand here. So isn't it interesting what I spoke about before, how the enemy strikes your hope. When you're destitute of hope, guess what you set yourself up for? A bitter heart. Where there is no hope, bitterness is around the corner. Hello, my friend. I want to be friends with you in your heart. <laughs> so if you're destitute of hope, unfortunately... The enemy has crept in to put the weed of bitterness in your heart that rejects everything. No peace, no prosperity, no blessings, affliction, suffering, sickness. The door is behind that. You'll be shocked when I start to show you what it produces physical sickness. 
In the faithful love of the Lord never ends, his mercy never ceases. Next one. Great is his faithfulness, his mercies begin afresh each morning. Isn't it interesting that it's symbolic of what you have to renew yourself day by day. Day by day. As you get a hold of God's mercy, it regenerates you. You get a hold of God's love, it regenerates you. And you start to get out of that habit of bitterness. Are we ready? Now we're getting into... He sent his word and healed them from all the diseases, all the destruction. Now let's listen. Bitterness is the cause of many sicknesses. Bitterness when harbored for a long time or gone unchecked in your life, those victims tend to possess or experience emotional dysfunction which produces anxiety. I spoke about it last week, but I'll say it again. Anxiety, depression, angry outbursts. They inherit forms of addiction, even sin. Self-harm, suicidal thoughts and other damaging behavior. Now this is the punchline here. Over time, this condition of bitterness may interfere with the quality of life, social interactions, relationships at home, work and school. A study has concluded that bitterness, if left unchecked, it interferes with body's hormonal and immune system. It's a study has concluded that bitterness, if left unchecked, interferes with the hormonal area of your body and your immune system. Isn't it interesting? What, what fights away all sicknesses and diseases is your immune system. Bitterness attacks your immune system. I prayed for 11 women who were barren. 11 women. I, they're the ones that I wrote down. Be comfortable. I prayed for 11 women that were barren. And each one had bitterness towards their father. Each one couldn't fall pregnant for a long period of time until they let go of that bitterness towards their father. Now can I share something even a bit more interesting? How bitterness hides. Now isn't it interesting that bitterness blocked the reproductive system that produces life. But I just want to share something with you. People can have issues in their hormonal area or their immune system. Believe me, it's linked to bitterness more than ever. So these people that had issues, these people that had issues with 
their father regarding a harsh upbringing or whatever it is, a bad experience, they couldn't fall pregnant. Some for years, many, most of them was for a year, in between a year and seven years. They all fell pregnant when the Holy Spirit came and um, dealt with them in that area. Now, can I say something more interesting than that? The same women that had issues regarding their father with bitterness, the same had issues with all their husbands. And you begin, don't leave, please, no. <laughs> the same had issues with their husbands. And you begin to see, is the husband the issue? Is the father the issue? No, we can face bitter situations in our life, but if we're not quick to bring it to the Lord so He can relieve us and release us from it, unfortunately, it's a plague that plagues your whole life. We understand. One of the ladies, she was so bitter because her husband destroyed her life. And I'll sit with her, I would sit with her week by week. The Lord divinely took us together so I can actually help her. She was so bitter that she thought that if her husband comes to the Lord, she'll, she'll be happy. She'll be content and she can move on with her life. And I started to tell her there's a deeper issue in your heart. Even though she was a victim, even though she was a victim to bitterness, and her husband destroyed everything inside of her, she too had to get healed from the Lord. Now she thought that once my husband comes to the Lord, it took three years her husband come to the Lord. She goes, once my husband comes to the Lord, I'll be at peace again. Her husband came to the Lord, she's still full of bitterness. Because she didn't take that to the Lord to get healed from it. Even though you sat under the influence of a person who was bitterness, she suffered blows and hits in every area of her life that she thought the solution is, I'm feeling like this because my husband's not saved. The Lord saved his, her husband. She's still like that. The issue was she didn't address her own bitterness of what she suffered from with the Lord. And it was interesting. You know what was interesting? That lady had hormonal and immune system problems. I freaked out. And they had all these juices, one day grape juice, one day pomegranate juice. I'll share a story with you. Do you want to hear? I don't know why I'm going there, but I'll just go there. So, probably the first three years of my journey, there was this man. What's the, what was that book called? Really, you remember that book? That healthy book? Don Tolman? So, anyways. There was a book once, there was, I went into a house, they're seeing demons. This is connected to the family, so I'm sharing it. And they had a book, they had a book, I think it's Don Tolman. Don Tolman? Maybe. 
it's about juices and how you mix this and how you mix that and there was beautiful you drink healthy you detox your body and they they called me they've seen a demon in the house they've seen a demon in the house and it's been like for three weeks they see it around the bookshelf area and it's like heaps of books in that area and I went there with another person to see what's going on to minister to see where the door is and this is the same people that are so fixated that you can heal yourself you know we call them like the, the lettuce gospel the tomato gospel you can heal yourself and God God made things God made <laughs> God made things yes to to nourish us and to give us a healthy body but most of the things regarding healing is spiritual now it doesn't mean you go eat 10 Big Macs God declares everything clean with Thanksgiving <laughs> now there's wisdom All right. <laughs> anyways I got to the house and the demon jumped out of that book now listen to this the demon jumped out of that book and I, I just walked into the house and these, these are the people that are telling me we can heal heart disease, we can heal this and we can heal this and I said to myself how have they come to understand that it's a heart issue but I wasn't equipped in the scriptures like I am now so the demon jumped out of that book and I said this book's the problem and they said this book this book has saved our lives listen to this one there were, all, there were all these drinks, pomegranate, uh, uh, what's the other one, kale, kale juice, all this other stuff. And I, I opened it and they said, you know what, we were, we're towards the end of the page and they're teaching us now where to get energy from the earth, crystal healings, the power. And that's how the devil got them. Everything was good, detoxing, everything starting to look right. And then the entry point of Satan the energy healing, the crystals from the earth, and the power, and I said, burn this book. Because at the end, they were about to practice it. And the Holy Spirit let me see the demon come out of that book, so we can, because there's a thousand books, how am I going to find it? <laughs> literally, how am I going to actually find it? He let the demon jump out of that book, and literally, word for word. And the Holy Spirit said, um, this is your problem. And it's just interesting how they thought that everything's not connected to the Word of God. Everything is connected to the Word of God. Bitterness is one of the greatest disease-making uh, spiritual thing in a person's heart. So let me keep going, please. So isn't it interesting that 11 people had issues with their father? The same had issues with their husbands. And isn't it interesting that bitterness undetected, undetected, can destroy everything in its midst. Next one. Bitter people tend to have a higher blood pressure and a higher heart rate. And much more likely to die of heart disease and other illnesses. I can't tell you how many of those missions that I went on. Something to think about.
Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. Something that is interesting about this scripture. Paul, Paul does us a favor. St. Paul does us a favor. You know how he does us a favor? He shows you how you can group bitterness if you can't see it. He shows you how bitterness has a gang that it operates with. <laughs> I really believe that Paul wrote this for the people who struggle to see bitterness. And you're going to see it now. And you know what's more alarming? That bitterness and hypocrisy are two partners. They're two partners in partnership that destroy your whole life. So this is a, this is a scripture that shows you how bitterness functions from stage one to stage two to stage three to stage four. I'm going to show you. Can we go there, please? So what's the root? What is the root of all of them? Bitterness is the root of what? All these. Look what it says here. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, perpetual amnesty, resentment, strife, fault finding and slander be put away from you, along with every kind of malice or spitefulness, verbal abuse and malevolence. But isn't it interesting here? Look what bitterness produces. Resentment and fault finding. You begin to see how deep bitterness is. Can everyone see it? Who wants to be freed from it? <laughs> how can you be free from something if you don't diagnose the root? Of why you do what you do. Anyways, let's look at the pattern here. If we don't deal with bitterness, that bitterness will progress towards extreme anger. Number two, if we don't deal with anger, we will start to clamor or demand what we want through resentment, strife and fault finding. I'll talk to marriages now regarding the second one. Marriages, because bitterness can hide through marriages very, very extremely here. Look at that. If we don't deal with anger, we will start to clamor or demand what we want through resentment, strife and fault finding. That's why the scripture says, a gentle and quiet spirit is what? Is much worth to God. Precious. If that doesn't work, we will start to talk about We'll start to talk bad about that person or object of bitterness in the hope of recruiting others to agree with and justify our feelings. That's slander. Well, how many people attacked me with this? How many people, unfortunately, from the root of bitterness attacked me in my journey as a minister in this area? So many. Look at this here. If that doesn't work, we will start to talk bad about that person or object of bitterness in the hopes of recruiting others to agree with and justify our feelings. That's slander. If that goes unchecked, we will eventually have a desire to cause harm to the person we are bitter towards. 
So that's one area to look at. Now, different ways to spot bitterness in your heart. Now, this is the title of it. Am I replaying a cassette or a tape in my life? Do you find yourself constantly replaying the tapes of conversation with someone? Now, look at this. This is the punchline. Bitterness flourishes in the soil of justification. Bitterness flourishes in the soil of justification. I've found when I sit with certain people, I'm seen and looking for justification for the anger or frustration regarding a relationship, situation or a person. I've learned if those tapes keep on replaying, you should see it as an alarm that bitterness has crept in. Romans 3 verse 13 to 14. Is my tongue out of control? Let's have a look at this one. No, so it's from the NIV version. Do we have the NIV version? No, it's not. It's a different one that I'm reading here. Romans 3, 13 to 14. Read it for here. Okay. Romans 3, 13 to 14. Their throats are open graves, their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. I think you, I think you had the... Yeah, I know, I made a mistake. I think I was reading it as one scripture. So here it says, their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. So a lot of people see as they have to change the way they speak, not seeing the root of the problem which is coming from bitterness. What produces cursing in your heart stems from bitterness. We understand that. So is my tongue out of control? The root is bitterness. Now, is my family or children bitter? Let's go to Deuteronomy 29, verse 10 to 18. Bitterness has a way of spreading because its roots are contagious. Okay. Let's read this. I want to show you something here. This is God wanting to establish his people here. 
This is God wanting to establish his people, people here. And the biggest issue he had was that he couldn't work with the heart of bitterness. Because it's the pinnacle that rejects anything good from God. I want you to pay attention here. So this is from 29 to 10 to 18. It says, All of you stand today before the Lord your God, your leaders and your tribes and your elders and your officers and all the men of Israel. Now why is he, why is he dealing with every sect of people? Because if he doesn't deal with every sect of people, that it can spread through the whole tribe and destroy everyone. Next. Your little ones and your wives, also the stranger who is in your camp, from the one who cuts your wood to the one who draws your water. Now it's very interesting how he deals with this. Next. That you may enter into the covenant with your Lord your God, and into his oath, which the Lord your God makes with you today. Now he's talking about here about establishing you, that he may establish you today as a people for himself. The enemy of God trying to establish you is bitterness itself. And that he may be God to you, just as he has spoken to you, just as he has sworn to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. I make this covenant and this oath not with you alone, but with him who stands here with us today before the Lord our God, as well as with him who is not here with us today. For you know that we dwelt in the land of Egypt and that we came through the nations which you passed by. Now again he's showing you where bitterness was stemmed from. Next one, please. And you saw their abominations and their idols, which were among them, wood and stone and silver and gold, so that there may not be among you man or woman or family or tribe whose hearts turn away from the Lord, our God, to go and serve the gods of these nations, and that there may not be among you a root bearing bitterness or wormwood. Now, the only issue that God had was serving other gods and one major root called bitterness. God can't work with a bitter heart because it cannot receive anything from Him. So imagine you thinking that your, your situation is an external provision that God has to give you. You're wrong. It's an internal thing that God has to heal you from that attracts all the blessings of God into your life. Imagine you think that your solution is the external. That's Christianity today, why they're suffering. Because bitterness would reject the blessing, and guess what happens? It will never be satisfied with the blessing. Can anyone see this? So can I say something to you? If you, being a Christian, have thought that something from outside is going to solve your issue, you failed. Because God works from within out. So think about it like this. Why am I a victim that is not seeing the provision of God inside my heart, inside, inside, in, outside of my life, in every possible way? 
The only problem he had in establishing his people, he can't work with a bitter heart. Because a bitter heart hangs on to what? Affliction, hardship, pain, suffering, sickness. It's never happy. And that's why so many people haven't been healed from this. It's passed through every chapter in their life and it's destroying families, relationships, children, and it just keeps on passing by, even churches. Even churches. Let's go to Job chapter 21, 25, please. I'll finish up. A couple more scripture. Are we understanding everyone here to see the bigger issue? Can anyone see the bigger issue? Bitterness attracts affliction. Bitterness attracts hardship. Bitterness attracts suffering. Bitterness attracts the devil. You ever thought, is there a stench in me of bitterness that Satan keeps on waging war against me? Stench. Bitterness is a stench. Now look at this here, Job 21-25 in the Amplified. No, 25, please. Now you start to see, can I share something with you here? You start to see Job was a righteous man in the beginning. No one was righteous like him. But the Bible says that the righteous fall seven times and they get back up. It doesn't mean Job didn't have problems. He had many problems. And someone can think, everyone knows the story about Job. When you see the entry points of why Satan was allowed to attack him, you'll be amazed. The righteous fall seven times, they get back up. It doesn't mean that he had no issues in his heart, that Satan wasn't able to uh, attack and to be attracted to him. Now look what it says here. It says, Whereas another dies with a bitter soul, never even tasting pleasure or good fortune. What does bitter do? It can never taste pleasure or good fortune. Can you see this? He can never taste it. Why? Because it's a hard issue. So imagine you saying, I will be happy when this changes in my life. I will be happy when my wife comes along. I will be happy when I get a better job. I will be happy when I get better money. I will be happy when the anointing of God works through me. Do you know how many people have come to me with these things? I will be happy when God starts to use me. And I'll be happy, and I'll be happy, and I'll be happy, and I'll be happy. And I try to tell them, imagine you have a bitter heart and God brings the blessing to you. You'll be rejected, and you will not stay. That's why God waits. Gives you time to deal with it. So, when He does send the blessing or the promotion to your life, you'll be received on a good soil.
Can someone understand? So why is Christianity today so fixated on getting blessed by God? Rather than getting healed and restored by the Lord. This is a spiritual key for you. To know why things aren't remaining in my life when it comes to the Lord in my life. Why aren't things remaining in my life that God gives? Why do I feel like something's given to me and it's quickly taken away? Bitterness is the reason. Proverbs 14.10 Now this is, this is just a teaching to observe. Am I a victim of this? Has this affected me in my life? Uh, Proverbs 14.10 in the New Living Translation. Yeah, that's it. It says, Each heart knows its own bitterness and no one else can fully share its joy. There is no joy being around the bitterness. James chapter 3, verse 13 to 15. Bitterness is connected to being selfish in your heart. That's why so many people are selfish, because it's connected to bitterness. Bitterness tells you that I'm miserable, unfortunately. How can I, how can I bring, uh, or how can I do things to make other people happy where I'm miserable inside? I'm just showing you why so many people are prohibited from operating and functioning in the kingdom of God. They can't be trusted with the Holy Spirit because there's attributes of bitterness that doesn't allow them to look at the interests of others rather than themselves. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, do not cover up the truth with boasting and lying. What's the door to being, self, to being jealous and selfish? Bitterness. The moment you see it, the Holy Spirit can begin to work in your life. Amen. I'll close with Psalm 73, 21 to 28. God has to counsel you regarding bitterness. He has to counsel you regarding bitterness. He writes in the same context, his health was failing, his spirit was growing weak. All that was produced was by a bitter heart. So can we read that and we'll stop. So I'm just showing you the traits of bitterness so you can actually see it. Because all it does is it attracts suffering to your life. And remember, it's a root. Now look what it says here, Psalm 73, 21. Then I realized that my heart was bitter and I was all torn up inside. I was so foolish and ignorant, I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you. 
Yeah, I still belong to you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. Isn't it interesting that bitterness has to be guided by his counsel? Leading me to a glorious destiny. Whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. Now it gives us hope. You know why? Because no matter how hard you've been struck by bitterness, there's a way out. And it's the truth. Whom have I in heaven? Sorry, I couldn't go back. Whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. My health may fail and my spirit grow weak. Now isn't that interesting here? He's diagnosing why sicknesses and why your spirit is so weak. He's showing you bitterness is the cause of that. Are we understanding someone? Why the body of Christ is suffering today is because the hidden root of bitterness. My health may fail and my spirit may grow weak. What's that symbolic of here? My spirit may grow weak. What is he speaking about here? Weariness. Weary. The enemy wearies you with one major tool. Bitterness. My health may fail and my spirit grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. Amen. Those who desert him will perish, for you destroy those who abandon you. But as for me, how good is it to be near God? I have made the sovereign Lord my shelter, and I will tell everyone about the wonderful things you do. Amen. So you begin to see how bitterness started in our journey. We all start with bitterness, especially the trauma of our childhood or whatever traumatic things you've been through. But there's a way out. What is the way out? Being near to God. Being near to Him. As long as you draw near to Him, He will be near to you. But it's the truth. But can I just share with you here? What bitterness has done to Christians today, it's destroyed them. And so many people are not getting healed by the Holy Spirit. And I'll say this to you. The Holy Spirit told me this. To understand doors and gates. Why people are suffering. I can't tell you. 80% of the people that I've met are, that are sick and that are suffering. It's because of the root of bitterness. And how deceptive it is to think that, Lord, I want you to heal me rather than seeing the root cause of the problem. Just think about that. The Bible says nothing comes without a cause. And I just want to share with you what bitterness does. Not only does it attack you spiritually, it attacks you physically. And that homelessness spirit, your you come to Christ, you can't accept anything, you can't hope for anything, you can't expect anything because you're a victim to this. And God, none of the blessings of God is attracted to you but the enemy and his kingdom, unfortunately. So you begin to see a bigger picture. Are you a victim of this? Are you a victim of this? Where has the enemy struck you in the, in the realm of bitterness? And how does the Lord need to heal you from this? You know how he needs to heal you from this? You have to see it. You have to see it.
Now, some people say, I haven't been struck as much as it is, but I can see traits of it. You'll be surprised when you open your heart with the Holy Spirit, He will start to work in you. Amen. You can write this down, whoever wants to have a look at this, because I'm going to stop the series on bitterness. I'm going to move to the root of unbelief. Whoever wants to write this down, uh, Ruth, chapter one, verse, Ruth chapter 1, verse 10 to 14. For anyone who wants to read it, Naomi means pleasant, meaning she started pleasant. Moab means a land just short of the promised land. Now, she started pleasant, but they, they, they ended up in the land of Moab, which means if you inherit bitterness, if you inherit bitterness, you'll fall short of the promised land. What's that mean to us today? If you fall short of the promised land, you will not be entrusted with the Holy Spirit for the kingdom of God. So read it. Naomi means pleasant, meaning she started pleasant. Moab means the, the land of where they were stuck in, a land just short of the promised land. A bitter heart will allow you to fall short of the promised land. That's why Paul says in Hebrews what he says. Be careful lest you fall short. So read it, it will bless you. You see all the analogies, she blamed God. Bitterness, unfortunately, the hidden bitterness blames God for its situation. Okay, we'll pray. Isn't that an eye opener? That bitterness weakens your immune system. Is that an eye-opener, anyone? <laughs> bitterness is the door to all heart disease and premature deaths. Wow. Jesus is the doctor. The Bible says we worship God in the spirit and the truth. But Satan also is worshipped in the, in the spirit. Right? Bitterness is a spiritual weapon that he uses to destroy his people. And you start to see. This is to open your understanding, to open your eyes. Because the level of purity, the level of truth that God wants in our hearts is high. Right? It's high. Now think about it. All the times God has withheld him, withheld his blessings, withheld his direction withheld his promotion believe me it's all connected to the root of bitterness with unbelief there's many doors but those four doors we're going to flip every stone to see those roots everyone suffers differently and we're going to speak about it for one major reason so you can be free from it When you begin to look at those scriptures, you begin to open your heart for the Holy Spirit so He can begin to work in you. And we thank you, Jesus. 
We thank you, Jesus. When Jesus led the people, the Israelites from the Exodus, they crossed the Red Sea, they got to a pool, and it was called Marra, the pool of bitterness. And he said, put a tree down so I can make that bitter water sweet. It's symbolic of the cross. That when you taste of the cross, you will not inherit a bitter heart anymore. It's a picture that you can come to Jesus now with that bitter heart and get healed from it. From bitterness to the sweetness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Read it. He said, he said, put that tree in the water because they couldn't drink that water because they were drinking from their own hearts. Jesus is the one who heals your bitterness. The blood of Jesus Christ deals with the bitterness. Not positive thinking. It's the blood of the Lamb. It's the only way you can be healed from this. And you'll begin to have so much respect of what we couldn't do, Jesus has done it in the flesh for us. That's when you begin to really acknowledge what Jesus Christ has done for you because he gives you a new heart. You can taste of his sweetness anymore. No more of the bitter condition that you went through in the past. We thank you, Jesus, that you turned the waters from bitterness to the sweetness where we can drink from your life. And we honor you, Lord. I honor you, Lord. And I thank you that we all inherited a bitter life, but because of you, we can drink the sweetness of Christ. Lord, I honor you in this place because only you, through your blood, through your sacrifice and your resurrection, that we can have a heart that is so sweet that we drink of the goodness of the Lord. Lord, we bless your name in this place. And our transition today is that you transferred us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of your Son that you love. And I thank you for giving us eyes by the Spirit to discern if the intruder of bitterness has crept in and destroyed our lives. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that bitterness has been destroyed in our hearts because of the blood of Jesus. We command every trait, every disease, every circumstance, every trauma that has caused us bitterness in our lives from a young age to a mature age we declare it bound in our life. And we declare that we can drink now from the cup of the Lord Jesus Christ that allows us to have sweet fellowship with you. Thank you, Jesus. What you've done for us, Lord, through your sacrifice on the cross, we are so grateful. And we thank you for your mercy that triumphs over judgment. Thank you that your mercies are new every morning. We declare in the power of the Holy Spirit that we walk in the freedom which you purchased for us. Where the wrath of God was placed on you, 
we purchase that freedom in the spirit realm today over every mind, over every heart, and over every body. From generation to generation, we will not inherit a heart of bitterness anymore, but we declare it dead and disconnected in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.